everybody, and welcome back to episode 11 of You Didn't See That Coming, a Marvel podcast. My name is Owen. I am co-hosted today with Parker. How's it going, Parker? Not bad. Not too bad, Owen. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. You know why? Why? Because today we are joined by a very special guest. Paul Herman from the Comic Binge and the MCU Fan Show is here to talk comics with us today. How's it going, Paul? Wow. Uh, that, was a, that was a very good intro. Thank you, sir. That was uh, <laughs> you, you honor me, honestly. <laughs> no, seriously, it's, it's an honor to be on the show. Um, super stoked you guys have started the show, and uh, I'm stoked to hang out and talk Marvel and comic books. So, yeah, thanks again for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Sweet. That worked. Yeah. So, we are here today to talk a little bit more about the comics the comic side of things, because Paul's a big comic guy. We're going to yes. talk about the comic side of stuff like WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because personally, I have a big comic background for WandaVision and almost nothing for Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Like, I grew up, my dad has the entire 12 issue from like 1980, I want to say 84 for the Scarlet Witch and Vision, the 12 issue mm. run. And mm -hmm. I grew up on that and I really loved that relationship. And I'm so happy with WandaVision. And I, I have almost think... no background for Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> I don't think Owen has never not mentioned WandaVision at all during any of the episodes because every single episode, something triggers him to sit talk about WandaVision again. <laughs> so we always come back him. to her. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him either, but it always happens. <laughs> it's my you. background in Marvel Comics. It's really how I got in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really so. You did you grow up loving those characters, basically? Really? Yeah, because my like. I inherited all of my dad's old comics, and he was a big X-Men guy. But mm. even though he has a whole lot of X-Men comics, they were never my favorite. I was always yeah. Avengers and stuff like that. Mm. And really, the Secret Wars 1984-85 run, I've got all of those. Oh, and the Scarlet Witch and Vision are the two ones that I've got. Oh, that's, mm. that's how I got in. Ah, see, that was my segue into comic books, too, was Secret Wars. I grew up um, in, well, I was born in 82. God, I'm old. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> We, uh, my parents had bought my brother and I, who's he's six years older than I am. He bought they bought us, um, all a bunch of the action figures and the comic books. So I grew up just with you know playing with those original Marvel characters on with Secret Wars action figures plus the comic books that were coming out. And so, you know, that and it's so funny because Secret Wars was designed to lure me in, but that's exactly what it did. <laughs> so it lured me in and. Little did I realize, my parents probably realized they created this real kind of monster as far as a, a <laughs> love of a zombie, if you will, Marvel zombie. Um, but just created this, you know, created this thing in me that would stick with me the rest of my life and, you know, really become kind of drive me to do lots of things and that have led me to a lot of amazing things in my life. So, but yeah, it's crazy. Secret Wars was one of those things where people love to talk crap about the story. And I'm not saying it's like, I'm going to be real with you guys all for a second. So, uh, you know, DC had something similar around the same time called uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Mm -hmm. And no, straight up, like that series, if you put those two stories together, Crisis is a better overall everything. Now, I say that not because I'm like, oh, yeah, Secret Wars is garbage. It's not. It's not even close. The, but Crisis on Infinite Earths has like two, like, hugely legendary people wolfman and perez like that i mean crisis on infinite earth is amazing it looks incredible yeah. it's an incredible book it pushes the medium forward in my opinion as far as like the storytelling and perez's artwork is just incredible um it's a better overall i think written story but 
but at the same time that was supposed to relaunch a continuity whereas secret wars was supposed to lure people like me in and that's what it did and and i think it did a better job of for it did a better job for the mainstream audience than it crisis could ever achieve and again they pulled they're supposed to do two different things but secret wars you know, when you write, reread it, whenever I reread it, yeah, it's not like groundbreaking. It's not I'm not reading Watchmen or whatever, but it Jim Shooter, Mike Zek, like they put out a great, solid, like fun story that I think is timeless in a sense to where anyone, any kid c- could pick that up now and enjoy reading it. And that's that's For hard sure. to say because you couldn't say that about. It is me. hard to beat. It is sorry. It, it is hard to beat that cover of Hulk holding up the mountain above all the heroes. Oh, so good. So good. And like, yeah. in, in the actual comic too, right? When like he's holding the mountain and they're just like saying all these things to him to piss him off. So he gets madder and stronger. So he like has to keep holding it up. Oh, <laughs> come on. And that's freaking, that's clever and awesome at the same time. I yeah. mean, there's so, oh God, I love Secret Wars. Straight up. I could talk about hours about Secret Wars and how much I love it. So, but yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, good stuff. So, um, I've talked about how I got into comics. Parker, how specifically did you kind of get into Marvel? I didn't really get into Marvel by the comics entirely. Mainly, I got into Marvel from movies. When I was younger, my mom, like I mentioned this earlier, uh, we actually have it on our, I think on our About website. You guys should check that out, by the way. Um, (laughs) Shameless plug. Um, Yeah. (laughs) my mom used to take us to, or to take me when I was like really young. We used to like live two blocks away from a movie theater, and it was always like a, like during like the I think it was like the mother's like uh, period where like you could bring your kid for like really cheap or something during a certain time, and like when they barely had anybody during that time anyway. So my mom would always take me movies like regardless of what movies were playing. The very <laughs> first movie I remember watching in the theater that I remember, she claims that there was more, but this is the one that I remember was. Um, Star Wars, I think it was The Phantom Menace. I think mm. it was the one okay. where I'm not entirely remember, but I'm not a great Star Wars fan, but I like Star Wars. It's the sure. one where Darth uh, Anakin Starwalker, Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, yes. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. See, that's how well I know my Star Wars. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. That's, that was the very first one I ever, like, ever, very first Star Wars and very first, like, movie I remember watching in the movie theaters. And then eventually, I don't think, like, like you said earlier, I don't think your parents really realized what kind of monster they were brewing. My mom did the exact <laughs> same thing. She, like, unintentionally, like, filled my brain with, like, movie knowledge and, like, the love to go to the movie theaters and to, like, continue mm-hmm. watching theater. Like, I am a binge um, addict. I binge watch movies and TV shows so fast that it's it's kind of an addiction or a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like I, um, I've probably watched Endgame of itself like maybe twelve times, like minimum twelve times, and uh, that's not a flex or anything. That was like legitimately just I have a problem. Or I can watch mm. a three-hour movie, the exact same three-hour movie, more than <laughs> like five times. Hey, but, I um, but no, I just kept watching movies. I I didn't really get started off of like Marvel. Um, like the first one was kind of like Iron Man and stuff. I wasn't really a big Iron Man fan. I it's the same way I don't like Batman. Um, I don't like somebody whose their power is just they're rich and they're smart. <laughs> I'm like that's so <laughs> dumb. I like someone who's like. Like like the Hulk, he's strong and he's big and he's like he's this brute. 
Um, or I like. Um, sorry. He's also green. He's also green. Yeah, come uh, on, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot <laughs> that part. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I like Spider Man. Like my dad has a Spider Man tattoo, and I always grew up like. My, and my name is Parker, so I was always my nickname was always Spidey or something like that. Nice. Um, yeah, and so it was like I kind of fed into that side too. Um, so it kind of just like it was the the two halves of both my parents bringing me into this, and then like me just kind of slowly starting to watch it and then i start to realize like as a kid you're just watching movies and you don't really realize that they're all connected until you get to that age where you start to realize oh wait a minute these all are leading up to something and then when we start to see like this is way back in like 2010 and stuff but when you start to see like right. hints of, like the infinity stones and stuff like that i'm like what are the infinity stones so i had to start looking them up and then i was like wow this is so much bigger than i thought it was just a guy holding a hammer a guy holding a shield and a guy with some pulse uh, lasers and stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. yeah. that was my mental. But like when I started to grow up, I was like, oh whoa, there's way more than just what they're showing in these individual films. So it was, I I think I I love the fact there there was just more than there is just in one movie. Like it's not just about one yeah. character. They always introduce other ideas to different movies, or they're bringing characters from other movies, and it's all connected. Like especially with these Disney Plus movies, a lot of them are feeding into different shows or different movies. So it's. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to see what's happening, but that's what fed me. It was like, they're all connected. It's all a piece of the pie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm so excited, but yeah, that's how I, I kind of got into it. And Paul, you mentioned secret wars. Was there anything else kind of surrounding that, that really brought you in? Oh God. Like I said, man, you, you're going to be here all day. If you tell me that, that's my <laughs> question, honestly, like, I, 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 if you guys haven't noticed, I can't shut up. So, I mean, like, no, we can't I'm, either. So. Uh, Don't worry. All right. All right. So this, uh, I'll just kind of keep it as quick as I can. I grew up, um, having an older brother who was six years older than I was. And so he, I kind of got, you know, everything he did, I was always interested in. And I, he, for whatever reason was into comic books and, and he wasn't, it's funny because he even now is not even close, not even an nth degree of what I'm into, <laughs> how I'm into it, right? I mean, yeah. I have to be like, dude, read this. He's like, oh, no, no. I was like, just, just listen <laughs> to me, read this. Okay, he's being an idiot. Come on. You know, he's like, oh, no. But, um, but it's funny when I was growing up as a kid, I mean, he'd always have X Men comics. So, oh, and I, I am the exact opposite. I grew up all about the X Men. That's all that we cared about. And I loved it. I mean, I could. I mean, it's so crazy because comics back then, you know, they were really, I mean, it feels like they're, they're definitely not for kids now, but like, as far as like aimed at kids necessarily, whereas like even in the eight, late eighties, it was already kind of going that way. And I mean, I just was reading stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, and I, but I didn't care. I still loved pictures. And, and this is one thing I think that people really underestimate about comic books is that it's something that, you know, ki it, people criticize it because it's not like, oh, there's not a lot of words on it. So it's not really like a novel and <laughs> kids aren't really, all, all they are is looking at pictures. And it's like, you know, for people like me, I, it was hard for me to read. You know, I, I was not a great reader growing up and I, I grew up with, really, I mean, I still have really bad ADHD and it's hard and it's a struggle, but comics were the way I could actually, you know, read or, and, and still like learn and things like that and, and, you know, whatever. And, but the thing what's so underestimated about it is that, you know, you don't, even if you can't read, you can still follow along if it's again, depending on how the artist and the writer write the story, but you don't even need the words. A lot of times you can read the facial expressions and, and what this, you know, what the page layout is telling you 
you know, informationally, like what is trying, what their point is trying to get across, even for like the small, like the, the small kind of quiet scenes, you know, when they're just talking, just the way the panel is angled at or whatever, you can always get an idea of what it is. Even when I was a kid, I, even though it wasn't action packed, I could kind of get an idea of what's going on. And granted, a lot of the stuff I didn't, I wouldn't know what's going on, but, but that didn't even matter. Cause in the end I knew where it was going because the storytellers told a visual story and I love that. I love that fact that it's married this, you know, the no, the prose novel and, and cin- cinema essentially all mm-hmm. into one thing. And again, it, obviously, comics were, out, you know, some form of comics were out even before like TV and things like that. But you get what I'm saying. Like it's it's you know literally marrying these two things together and how like in in cohesion they're not one is not greater than the other. They're kind of equal parts. And you need both to make them work. Now, granted, you can have an all you know. I've read plenty of. Uh, just visual comic books where they don't have they have minimal words if if not any and that those are fine but that would get old after a while you need Mm -hmm. both to make make them work and as a kid it was just nice that you know even though i couldn't read them very well i could just i knew what was going on because of the visual things that it gave me i love that about i love that comics are this visual thing that you don't even have to like understand you just admire the art the beautiful layouts the storytelling It's, it's such a unique thing that I wish more people honestly like sat down and, and just kind of looked at it and man, like this is amazing. Like it's, it's, it's not easy. Let me tell you to sit down and draw, uh, you know, a 22 page comic book and convey the emotions and everything that you want to. And it's, it's not easy. And mm-hmm. if it was, everyone would be able to do it and be easy. And everyone thinks anyone can do a comic book, but yeah, sure. But that's not, it's like everyone can play a guitar. Sure. But there's only certain people actually are good at it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Same kind of thing, but but no, it's it's such a beautiful medium. And as a kid, I really gravitated towards just the fact that I could like just these amazing, amazing uh, artists and pictures, you know. And and one thing I always tell I always tell people this, and only people take it seriously enough when I tell them. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Uh, my brother, who was six years older than I was, um, are you guys familiar with Batman: The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. Um, that was if you know anything about that comic book, you know that uh, any. Much less my brother's age, any kid who, who at that time was like 12, maybe 11 or 12, 13, I was six, seven years old. Well, I grew up on that book. My parent, my, my brother bought it or tr- got it from a friend of his and, and, and it was our copy now. And I would look through it and I loved it, but it also was something I should never have been looking at that. My parents did not know what I was looking at. <laughs> but, but the same, but I say that because it's still just visually a I mean, that was, that left an impact on me. There's so many panels that, I, that are entrenched in my mind of like Batman and Carrie Kelly Robin, like, you know, you know all, a big splash page of them just fl- flying in the air together. And I just, I loved, I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. those pictures. And again, I just, I grew up on, on comic books and, you know, but that Dark Knight Returns, um, and I know people, it's like, oh yeah, you're, you know, it's like, no, I'm serious. I have it somewhere. I have my original Dark Knight Returns. It's falling apart. It's torn to shreds because we had looked at it a million times um but yeah but my brother he he got really into x-men wolverine was his favorite character um so he bought a lot of x-men comic books and then as he got older and let him try to be more quote-unquote cool i just inherited all his comics which included a first appearance of deadpool um so uh yeah, that was, and I still remember the, the first time he, we uh, we bought that Deadpool comic. Actually, we were in a Seven Eleven in Lake Stevens, Washington, and he <laughs> was kind of going the local spinner rack, and he grabbed you know New Mutants because it was X Men, 
I grabbed, I think, a Spider-Man and a What If or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, yeah. And then I we had Deadpool, and and then he he left home and left his comic, didn't care about him, and I took them, and I'm a proud owner of the first parents of Deadpool. So, <laughs> wow, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So that's my that's my comic. That's a very short version of my comic book story. There's a lot more to that, but I <laughs> oh, don't yeah. have time for that. Sure. All right. So now that we've got a better idea of, I think everybody here's background. Let's start off with WandaVision, because I definitely have a lot more of a background in that really? than I have for Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> in <laughs> terms of what I've read regarding stories for WandaVision, like I mentioned, I've read the 12-issue Scarlet Witch and Vision. Mm-hmm. I also own their uh, Marvel Giant Size Avengers number four, their wedding, which I'm very proud to own. That's awesome. And I have read House of M, because that's a, a, the artwork in that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise... That's the kind of background that I had going into WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Coming out of it, not a lot of that played into it, and I'm not disappointed. <laughs> um, what are the, what are you guys' thoughts? Go ahead, Parker, man. Okay, uh, I like I said before, I'm not like super into the comics and stuff. I'm more into the films and the TV shows. So, uh, most of my knowledge before watching WandaVision, what was gonna like. Um, like what, who Wanda was really entirely her character. I didn't really get from the comics. I got more from like breakdowns or like um, what to expect for WandaVision, like those type of videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never knew a lot. I I knew just a little bit like about, like I knew of Silver Vision or I guess we call them, we, we've been calling them Silver Vision, not White Vision, but. <laughs> uh, Silver Vision. Wow. <laughs> that's, all, that's awesome. <laughs> we thought we just switched it up. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I only know a little bit about it, like, honestly, um, outside of what we've seen in just the WandaVision. I know a bit bit of, like, um, House of M. Very, very little bit. Um, but, yeah, mo- most of my knowledge, again, comes from the show. So, really, the only, the only knowledge I have of WandaVision is what we see from, like, um, Age of Ultron, uh, mm-hmm. Civ- Civil War and uh infinity war and endgame and then now wandavision so i don't really have a lot of character background like knowledge of her or even sure. vision other than the mm-hmm. fact that he has an infinity stone in his forehead and that's pretty <laughs> much it <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that, that works but by the way it's such a like for a, a long time marvel zombie like myself and oh and you read the comics you probably respect this too is that how nutty it is to think that the Marvel like cinematic universe brought the whole idea of an you know Infinity Stone and Vision? Yeah. Like yeah, you know, I'm just like that's like so inspired. Like that's like that's yeah, that's cohesiveness sure. at its best because that's not even close to what he is in the comic book. So it's like I remember when that happened, being like, hey, that actually tracks. That's pretty. That's that's pretty clever. Okay. I get, yeah. I get, all right. That's it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, you know for. This is going to come as a surprise, uh, Owen. Um, but I've actually never read uh, House of M, and oh, to be really? honest, yeah, no, it's funny. I never will either, because <laughs> this, this is why. This is why. There's a reason. So there was a there was a time in my life where, um, from when I was about, I'd say I'm going to say 17, 18, to about early 20s, like 22. I was at 22 years old, 23, 20, 22, 23 years old. I stopped buying reading comic books uh, because I got really into music and I was doing music like all, a ton and just was buying music gear and records. And it was crazy. And I, I still love music is a big part of my life and always will be. But 
um, just kind of came punk rock and didn't, didn't have time to, and money resources to spend on comic books. And plus, during the late '90s, comics were awful. Like they were just yeah. terrible. Well, mainstream comics, the ones that I loved, were terrible. Can't wait to speak for like a lot of the other like indie stuff or whatever. But you know, I digress. <laughs> um, but during that time frame, um, obviously, comics got a lot better. You know, a lot of people don't like Brian Bendis. I love Brian Bendis. He got me back into comic books, honestly. Um, and even though he wrote House of M, when I got back into comic books and started reading everything, again, it's a whole different story. Um, I remember, you know, reading Disassemble, which we'll get that in a second. Um, and then I remember hearing about House of M and how Scarlet Witch did this. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then I heard what they did to the X-Men and the mutants and how they, did, you know, remember the story that she says no more mutants. And then there's only 300 mutants left in the whole world. And I just said, I'm done. I'm not reading that crap. That's stupid. <laughs> like I, I did not, I hated that. I thought that was the stupidest. I was, I was one. I mean, granted, like Marvel has done a lot of wrong with, with the X-Men in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, like they went from, the hottest thing in comics that I thought would never ever end to like, I can't believe they've, they've fallen this far. It's crazy. I, now, granted, a lot of people like the new John the Hickman stuff. And uh, again, it's a whole different podcast, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's both good and bad in my opinion. It's not a return to form. I really wanted it to be a return, but it's not um, in my opinion anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, um, but yeah, when this, when I got back into comic books, I loved it and I wanted to get back into X-Men. And I remember, because I, I grew up on that stuff, I could tell you so much X-Men history, it's ridiculous. And when I got back in, I'm like, this made me not want to pick up an X-Men comic. And even though I did and I tried, I'm like, I just don't like where they're taking the story. I thought it was a big misstep. And I still don't like the idea of like this whole Scarlet Witch changes reality. It's just, I don't know. It just, it just never sat well with me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to read this. I have no interest in it. So... I have never read House of M. I'm sure it's fine. I, I think Brian Bennis, especially during that time, was on fire. I thought he did a lot of great stuff. But, yeah, I just I can't get into it. But, you know, Disassembled, now that's a story. And I, you know, my Comic Binge YouTube page, I did a video about that. And I talked about how I think that this very much is inspiring uh, a lot of what WandaVision, WandaVision, what Wanda's going through, I think, in uh, WandaVision. In fact, I would say a, a big chunk of that's influencing that series, in my opinion. And Parker, man, I'm telling you, you need to read Disassembled. Like, that's... <laughs> like, Assembled you know, is so good. I have a lot you of know? movies I need to, or a lot of comics I need to read pretty soon. <laughs> well, right, right. But I, and I know you love binging, but if you love the yeah. binge thing, man, you should binge read some comic books, man, because you could, like, you could seriously, you, you know, instead of, you know, watching 20 minutes of you know, someone de- breaking down where Wanda's going Wanda's to go. You can spend that 20 minutes reading where, you know, she is going to go <laughs> yourself, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Which, which, by the way, no no, no shade on anyone who watches that stuff to learn and stuff. It's just, it's hard for me because I'm like, man, just, just go read the comics. They're so good. <laughs> like, you know, just yeah. read them. Like, but whatever. You, everyone's different. I don't want to, you know, that's a whole, again, whole different podcast. I'll say that yeah. a lot during the, sh- the show. But, um, but with Disassembled, it really is to me what I think is a huge influence um, on that story, at least from a characterization standpoint of Wanda. And I think where you might see her being taken next, because, and again, no, I don't want to spoil it, but it definitely takes it in directions you don't anticipate. And I really like the idea, you know, of, of her, and, and they definitely take a lot of that into the show already with her, you know, being, you know, tragically all her loss and, and how WandaVision is all about loss and, and grief and those things. And it, it really is a beautiful series of, of, you know, what they do with that character and, and what they've done with the stories and everything. But, um, you know, Disassemble, I think, is definitely, as far as from a true superhero standpoint, that is where you want to go 
and read and, and not, not just read about Wanda and, and like have a really awesome, great comic book, in my opinion, um, wh whatever. But also, and this is one thing I said in my video is like, you not only learn about Wanda, but you actually learn about the Marvel universe as a whole through that series. And that's the kind of thing that you kind of, oh, people don't, don't realize people wonder how people get all this knowledge. It's not just reading comic books, you know, a million comic books. It's reading the right comic books. Cause let me tell you, you know, when I was a kid, was I reading like every Marvel comic? No, but how did I know a bunch about it? Because I learned about it in the comic books. It's what I read. They would always reference like, Oh, when I was in Thor, you know, and I did this and I, I fought the juggernaut this one time. And it's, it's all that's all that stuff is referenced in these comic books, you know? Mm -hmm. And they, and that's the thing is like in these people who, you know, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of people on these YouTube shows that read tons of comics. So mm -hmm. also lots of people, and I can tell you firsthand, like me, I don't read every Marvel comic book, but I know a lot about it. Cause well, I read just, you know, what happens a lot and just whatever but i mean like all, mostly because i read the comic books and they reference other things that happen in them and you kind of get to know what happens through osmosis or whatever right it's just it's crazy so but anyway and that's why i always tell people you know uh, disassembled is not a sexy pick for a lot of people because it's got brian michael bendis's name on it and people don't like to say they don't like my, brian michael bendis but whatever i think i think he's good i mean he, he hasn't been great i think in dc necessarily uh, but i think he's done some amazing marvel work and i don't think this symbol is by any means bad and plus david Fitch's art chef's kiss i mean come on it's like it's it's a it's a it's a no-brainer if you're looking for stuff to read post wandavision i think disassembled is like number one on the list there's that last book of disassembled the part where the the members are reflecting on what oh. has happened the past so Avengers, like everything from the one to five hundred, that yeah. is so amazing. Like when I was reading that, my mouth was just like my jaw was gaping that whole time. Oh, it was yeah. so good. it was so it, good. Right, and, and see, and that's a great example, right? Of like you don't need to read a Wikipedia page; it's right there. You learn the whole <laughs> history right there in like five pages. <laughs> you don't need to like read a Wikipedia page, and and that's and that's what's so frustrating. People. Yes, comics are intimidating, right? I get it. Like, I get, like, there's so many comics. Like, just jump in and read. You'll, you'll be amazed at what you'll <laughs> learn in, like, 22 pages, man. This is yeah. not rocket science. Trust me. Trust me. I, I think, read it. It's not rocket science. I think that's why I have a hard time wanting to get into comics, because it's the same reason why I don't like watching sports. I, I don't know where to jump in, and I don't know where to start. So, like, people say, like, oh, yeah, just jump in. But I feel like when I jump in, I'm going to be not be able to, like, put together a bunch of pieces like they're going to reference a lot of stuff that i'm not going to like understand background info of so that's right. why i kind of like do like the whole review thing so it's like mm -hmm. i get where you're saying like just freaking read the comic book <laughs> but at no, the same yeah, time yeah. i'm like i don't know which one to read or where to start <laughs> but this is see, this is where i would say man, we, man, i want to turn into a sports podcast so i'm not going to but <laughs> I, I love sports so just bear with me um yeah, yeah what's what's fascinating about what you said because you're you're not wrong and this is where mm -hmm. this is where i think that people get the misconception of because you're right like a lot of people say like me just jump into it or or find the right starting spot but yeah. let me tell you something how do you think i got into comic books I just started reading. I just started yeah. looking at comic books. I had no idea what was going on in Secret Wars. I had like Secret Wars issue four or whatever it was. And I had no idea what was going on. The beauty of comic books, especially mainstream ones, is that even before you could binge it on Marvel Unlimited, they'd always have like little like captions of like, see Captain America issue blah, blah, blah. And they don't do it enough these days. But the beauty is if you find like this, I always envy you because you could literally go into wanted or um read disassembled 
read all this stuff and go, huh, what is that? And then you can go and go, all right, let me go go on Wikipedia and use it for what I think it's a perfect tool for. Yeah. What issue was this? I'll read that back issue and see what they're talking about. Like everything's at your fingertips now. You literally yeah. could like learn everything. If you're like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're lost, if you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, well, that sounds stupid what they're talking about. So I'm just not going to worry about it. That's that's yeah. as easy as it is. Like, because because in the end, you're in the read the story about Wanda and what's going on in Avengers Dis- Disassembled. And that's what's selling on you. And if things get, if you get lost, the only thing you get lost on is like, there's so many characters. Who are these people? Like, just, again, go on. That's when you use Wikipedia and say, who are these characters? Like, yeah. oh, that's that character. And, and that's where I would say, like, it comic books is actually, to, in my opinion, and I've been preaching this even more this year than ever, is like <laughs> the most easiest thing to jump into ever, especially now with Marvel Unlimited. So I think, yeah, I, I get like, it's like, oh, I don't know where to go. It's like, just jump in and like literally just look and whatever sounds interesting, go back and read the comic book before that just and keep going. Cause that's what honestly back in the nineties and the eighties, that's what we all did. So we had to go buy them separately and it sucked. <laughs> I envy when they cost 90 cents. Whoa. I, I, I don't, I barely remember those days myself. They were always like a <laughs> buck for me, like a buck 25. Sucked. Yeah. Only art, only books I ever, or comic books I ever got from my family was freaking Archie comics, and that was pretty much it. Oh, I ever did. Archie's Archie cool Archie too. Archie, <laughs> Archie's tight, dude. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Archie fan, but hey, Archie, <laughs> it, 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 there's a reason why he survived for like you know 80 years or whatever. Yeah. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. My grandparents, my grandparents have just a wall, and it's a bookshelf, and has my mom and my two aunts Archie comics, and it's just two bookshelves lined with Archie comics. So I grew <laughs> up reading awesome. those as well. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Speaking into House of M a little bit, yeah. I was also I was I was always like I went off of Avengers and I'm around the age, so I read a lot of Young Avengers. Like and I've oh. been reading recently Kate Bishop comics and I went into Young Avengers and West Coast Avengers off of those. Mm-hmm. And those lead into like the original Young Avengers run, I'm pretty sure leads into House of M. So yeah. that's kind of how I got into that as well. And that I, I personally, I really enjoyed that. I don't oh, know if dude. You've been... oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, sorry, Parker, I'm so sorry. Do you want to add to that? I, I'm going to go off. For no, no, this, for this is what this podcast, this is what this episode is going to be more about is like you two talk about comics and I'm just going to be here kind of like, yeah, <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> Listen, Parker, man. Okay. Disassembled, read it. And okay. what I'm about, what, there's, there's two more. I'm going to make you read that okay. you have to read. Have I'm going to write it down me? right now. Please, you have to promise me and Owen and you to read these disassembled <laughs> and and this one and one at least one more that we'll probably I'm pretty sure we'll talk about. Which okay, I'll, I'll leave the suspense in the air for a minute. Um, <laughs> but dude, Young Avengers is legit. Like I love Young Avengers. Um, for the page for a, we don't do it anymore, but for a Patreon, um, for Marvel Newscast, we did um. Or fan show, sorry, it's gone through a lot of different names, so I always forget which one it is. <laughs> um, Mar- Marvel fan show. We used to do um, monthly book clubs, and uh, well, I think the I think I think the last one we did was Young Avengers, and I was just like beaming how much I loved that story because when I got back into comic books back in the early two um, thousands, that was one of the uh, things that got me into it. I remember going to a comic shop because I was just starting to kind of get the itch a little bit. And um, I saw the Patriot. I love the original Patriot casting. Oh, God, I love it. And I was like, what the hell? What, what is this like little Hulk character? And who the hell is this Thor wannabe? And what, who is this masked 
who is what is this i was like what the hell is this and i remember i remember talking to the comic store owner uh this random mall comic uh, the comic stop i think it was called um in, in everett if you go if you anyone who lives from washington uh you know from the Everett area remember that back in the day i think it's still there maybe but whatever um anyway he, uh, i remember being like what is this and he's like this is the marvel's answer to teen titans and i remember being like what <laughs> i was like okay that's weird okay and i remember it was already been out and i've been like okay whatever and I remember I got bought. I was I started getting back into comics, you know, by I think a couple months later. And I saw like they had just released or they had released a hardcover trade of the first six issues. And I'm like, okay, I'll pick this up. And I loved it then, and I love it now. It is easily one of the I think one of the more more better. God, my English is great. Uh, one of the better um, I think Marvel series in like 20 years easily. It's you know, obviously it's huge for, you know, obviously having two gay characters, you know, get together and have a you know, very, very uh, open and like upfront relationship instead of like trying to like make it like kind of down, you know, downgraded or just kind of be like kind of a very like minor thing. No, it was a very focal point of the series. And I love that. And it was awesome. And the art is incredible. Jim Chung is amazing. Um, Alan Hinberg, uh, he's the writer. He's a, a Hollywood guy. He, um, I, I want to say he either wrote the OC or he was like a head showrunner of the OC from back in the day. So he's a big, this is at the time when the OC was just like huge. So they had this guy writing the OC or from the OC or whatever involved in the OC, one of the biggest shows at the time. And he's writing Marvel comic books and not only writing, but like doing freaking great job and that series those six issues are great and it is not just like oh new you know new pe- new thing for new readers to jump onto it's heavy avengers continuity we're talking like you can't get any deeper than 616 universe uh young avengers man like it's it's complex and it's awesome i love it it's easily one of my favorite avengers stories easily and um i got to know kate bishop you know patriot all those characters all through young avengers and that's those six issues i can't recommend enough read disassembled before you read the first young avengers yeah yeah you read assembled <laughs> then young, then young avengers they, they're they literally right after each other yeah young um, avengers yeah that builds that into my... <laughs> excellent. that's my list right now <laughs> excellent excellent that that also connects back to WandaVision a little bit because of course Billy and Tommy in yeah. both in both shows. We'll see where that goes in Multiverse of Madness. But that does also kind of connect vaguely to a character that we were introduced to in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is Eli. Mm. He was Isaiah Bradley's I want to say grandson, I believe. Yeah. He was yeah, it's grand it's grandson. Right. In both mm-hmm. in both and comic he, and the show. Okay, yeah. And he was Patriot in the this yes. first issue Young Avengers we were talking about. Yes, 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 yes. And he's easily one of my favorite characters in that comic book. And again, I'm not I'm gonna do light spoilers. I want people, I want you all listening <laughs> to read comic books because they're great. And I wouldn't lead you astray. As a com- as a diehard comic book fan, the last thing I want to do is make you read mediocre comic books. Like trust me. <laughs> Yeah. Just like mu- just like music, just like movies, me- comics have mediocre things too, and I, I hate to say that, but it's true. But I'm gonna tell you right now, you c- I don't think you can go wrong if you don't like those things. I get it. Maybe it's not your thing. That's totally fine. 
but I think if you are a Marvel fan, you will definitely enjoy, if not love, I think Disassembled and especially Young Avengers. I I would go to say Young Avengers is probably is better than Disassembled, two apples and oranges, but I would prefer just that because it's a fun, just really, really, you know, interesting um, kind of a leap into a whole new kind of world of, of these characters. But yeah, I, Eli was, um, Patriot was my favorite character in that book because just kind of, and I didn't really know Isaiah Bradley that much at the time. Um, actually, funny enough, it's a great example of not knowing what happened before. I had no idea who Isaiah Bradley was when I read Young Avengers and I got to know the character and everything through Young Avengers. I didn't even read the Captain America series that he was that, that whole thing was based on from Falcon Winter Soldier until like last year. So a great example of just reading random comic books. I learned about the Marvel Universe. That's maybe not necessarily that specific story. I learned about it through Young Avengers. So again, jumping into series comic books, you're going to learn about the universe even when you don't think you're going to. So keep that in mind. For sure. I, so personally, I have listened to the MCU fan show breakdown for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, so I know that you are a big John Walker fan, Paul. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to talk about that? Because I have not read any of his stuff and would like a list to read. Oh, you're killing me, Holmes. Uh, before oh, you man. start, on a scale yes, of sir. one to Excelsior, uh, how uh, did you like... <laughs> uh, how did you like the actor? How did you like? Uh, oh, what was his name? I I've literally known his name this entire time, and then I'm the so one time names. Hold on. Uh, it's a uh, Russell. Is it Wyatt Russell? It, it Wyatt Russell. Russell. That's that's right. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I and I can't believe I remember that. I'm terrible. Yeah. At names. <laughs> anyone who listens to the MCU fan show knows, like, I can't remember anyone's name. I can't pronounce anything. I don't even know why I even podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, uh, no. Um, uh, John Walker. So uh, it's funny. I'm going to actually be doing a, a YouTube show tomorrow. I'm not sure when it's going to release. Um, it, it, it's not going to be a live stream, but it'll be uh, my buddy uh, Neil, who I, I do a, Sp- a Spider-Man podcast with. Um, we're going to, I think, hopefully it doesn't ditch me. He likes to ditch me every once in a while. <laughs> um, but uh, he, we're going to talk about um, Captain America, the Captain storyline. And I'm definitely I'm going to talk about this and tell you guys all to read this. If you have Marvel Unlimited, you want to read Captain America Volume 1, 332 to 350. This is one of my, if not, excuse me, this is probably my favorite Captain America story ever. Like, this is even above Winter Soldier Brubaker, which that is, everyone talks about that's their favorite. Everyone's like, oh, Lava Burger, you know, which again is rightfully so. It's a great, fantastic story. I love it. It's my second favorite story. But for me, growing up, that was when I was in the impressionable, you know, impressionable age of, you know, six, seven years old and seeing a different looking Captain America and all the blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So John Walker came from that, that series. So again, 332, 350. And, a, and I said this on MCU fan show, a lot of Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier, I think in my opinion, is heavily <laughs> taken from that storyline. It, again, it's not and I've said this a countless times on, on the MCU fan show that MCU just, takes bits and pieces they don't just take one story and adapt it straight they take a lot from different places and i mean even winter soldier has elements of um the captain in it like the actual like movie um with robert redford's character that whole thing so that's definitely you know from the captain uh, storyline that's what i told you guys all to read um so yeah john walker came from that and it i just reread it recently 
and I haven't read it in probably about you know five six years or whatever how long it's been a while, but I have like this graphic novel and I whipped it out and started reading it and I was like oh man this is this is great and the the, the first thing people when they read it will be like oh this dialogue's terrible and it's definitely dated as far as like the concepts of how to write comic books and, and everything um lots of thought bubbles i mean we're talking lots and lots and lots of thought bubbles if you can get over that you're gonna you're gonna go in for a great story because the john walker story is actually in my opinion it's still better in the comic books and, and granted, i'm a little biased maybe but the comic book story is even more i think grueling than than what he goes through in, in fucking winter soldier and um and, and they definitely make him out to be a little bit more I want to say evil, but a little more of a bad guy with the whole, like, you know, killing the guy with the shield and having the blood. I and mean, they really do a great job of setting him up to be a real awful that person. Was a, that was a crazy scene. We ranted about that for ever. For a while, yeah. And, and that makes sense. I, I don't blame you guys for ranting about it, because it was a it was a, an amazing moment as far as, like, what they were conveying. Um, I couldn't believe they went that far. It was, but, you know, I, I'll just say this. John Walker does something similar but very different in the comic books. But I think it actually makes more of a big deal in the comic books, to be honest. And when you read, when you read them, you'll understand. And not only that, I think you'll understand and appreciate the character even more because I, I think, you know, and again, MCU is doing a great job. I think they've done a, I, in my opinion, I think people, you know, they totally made you hate, you know, this character. And that's kind of the point of the character. Yeah. In the comic books, he's meant to show you why Steve Rogers is Captain America. Mm-hmm. And, but in this you're meant to you know why sam wilson needs to be captain america not but you, that's why you have john walker and yeah. that's why he but but see the complexity is all there because you get to see a difference between a free thinker and someone who needs someone to think for him and that's the thing about john walker and, and steve rogers and and all of this is that you get to see the dynamics of what makes a true Captain who would makes true uh, a true Captain America and what makes just a man saying he's Captain America? And I don't, I think it's done I think again much better through this because it's got this kid was this is over a year over a year in in the making as far as the comic books. I mean it went for as you can see a long time, and um, he they flesh a lot of things out. And again it's dated it's a little it's you know it's a little cheesy here here and there, but in the end if you go through that whole story. There's some great moments, man, especially with John Walker. There's some grueling stuff in there. And Grunewald, the guy who wrote those Captain America comic books, he wrote the series for like 10 years. And now, granted, a lot of people will say, like, he was terrible. And he did write some pretty cheesy stuff. He, he, he's the one who's responsible for Captain uh, Cap Wolf, if you are familiar with that. Oh, oh no. Captain... Yeah, oh, yeah, no. No, hold on. No, hold on. That was, that was, that was towards the end of his run. <laughs> and that and that but but the captain storyline you got to realize man like that captain storyline it came out in the early or excuse me the late 80s yeah and that's when i think he really i mean grewal has done a lot but like he's done a lot of great stuff too i mean he wrote the squadron supreme uh 12 issue maxi series which is heavily even though again like captain america a little on the cheesy side here and there because the way you know it's getting written for marvel not meant to be some you know watchman story but people say that it definitely had an influence on watchman i don't know if i agree with it but people argue it and it, there is some validity there there could be validity to that i don't know um but, but what i'm saying here is that grunewald has done some, you know he's done some cheesy stuff but he's done some great stuff too and bloodstone 
which is right after the story is phenomenal too. Super, you know, super fun. It's basically Indiana Jones, Captain America, and Baron Zemo. It's freaking awesome. I love it. That and sounds again, great. Wow. No, it is. Like I, I highly recommend. You can you go on Marvel Limited, just flip through like the pictures, and you'll see Bloodstone. Like as soon as you see a Bloodstone yellow like banner, like around that same numbering, you to start from issue one, you won't regret it. It's so much fun. So much fun. Um and uh yeah just like th- but that's the thing is grunwald he cr- even though he's not this you know alan moore or frank miller writer he does a great job of conveying these characters and i love his cat he he gets I, in my opinion he's he understands captain America the best of all time like no one brubaker doesn't know him as good as grunwald and again grunwald hasn't been the greatest of story uh, uh at least as premises go maybe especially but here's the thing when you write a character for 10 years i mean you're gonna come up with some duds i'm sorry i mean even yeah. brubaker even brubaker at the end of his tenure was it, 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 you could tell he was running out of ideas in my opinion it's, again they weren't terrible but they just weren't interesting and it sucked because he was using baron zemo a ton at the end and i was like i don't really like this mm-hmm. it was really my thing and you could tell he he just he had he had his you know he was done but Grunwald, he wrote for 10 years, man. And I'd say a good, at least 80% of that is pretty solid. And a good chunk of that's really, really good. And the captain, I think, is a, I think is a masterpiece as far as Captain America goes. It's really, really good. And again, there is, there's some great stuff in there with John Walker. John Walker is not a likable person in that comic necessarily either. He's a jerk. He's a bully. That's kind of the way he is. But when again, one of the advantages of having the thought bubbles, you get to kind of understand where his line of thinking you know and like it's it's interesting it's really really interesting and uh yeah i i can't i i to me he understands in that series you he even understands what he's not captain america and i think they do a better job in the comic books than in the show displaying that and again you have a more limited time in the tv show and you have to do that through you know his redemption quote-unquote redemption in the last episode which i liked but um but yeah, there's a little bit more redemption, and I was kind of hoping that I predicted, and I was hoping that, he, like in the comic book, he basically says like I'm not Captain America. Like he actually says that. Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not that person. I would have liked to him say that. I wish he would have said that. I think a lot of people would have been like, "That's right, you are." But then they would have been like, "Well, he did admit that, so maybe he's not so bad." But no, yeah. <laughs> they want. They he didn't say that, so everyone hates him still. I guess I don't know. I. I don't. I I understand. I guess I kind of understand why people don't like him, but I don't agree with him. I think he's a he's a solid to great character, even in the show. I was very surprised how much people hated him to the point yeah. where I've never like. I I know people do death threats and everything, but I've never knew knew like how much of an impact it actually did to the actor this time because I've never seen, in my personal opinion, I've never seen like an actor actually like have to step back a bit because they're getting so many death threats and so many like so much hate um from it i think we kind of t- touched base like how it was just so we stupid talk, like about this a little bit, yeah. yeah we're like guys just it's a it's a character in a tv show deal with it it's not the actor himself the actor i actually i like Wyatt russell sorry wyatt russell before even uh uh the Limited soldier he was in some uh uh black mirror episodes and that's why i really liked hmm. his characters and those but then to see him in this i was like yes this is awesome i was super excited even though i despise the character still and that's just how you're supposed to be you're supposed to hate the character uh at first and 
then eventually i think i i think i hear what you're saying though they didn't really do that good of a job kind of because even at the end i still didn't really like him but yeah, i understood yeah. that he was now a u.s agent and that he was you know he, he even says i think in the court like he he is a soldier you built me Exactly. Uh, you built me like this, you know. That was that was such a good scene. It was an awesome. Scene. Wyatt Russell's Great acting scene. in that courtroom scene was probably some of the best in the series. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. I, I, and I think people don't look at that, like the, you know, because again, and this is why I love. I think um, even art, like mainstream art, like this, can kind of tell a greater story and kind of and send a message to people that you know America has their hands dirty. And America has done some, you know, every country is, you know, does things that they don't want, like, don't, they don't want to put the light. And yeah. he basically tells them, you created this monster. You are the ones who wanted me to be Captain America. And this is what I was before Captain America. What do you think I was going to be after I was Captain America? Mm-hmm. Give me a freaking, I mean, those are my words, obviously, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what, but that's what he tells them. Like, you made this. You, yeah. It wasn't me. You made this. You made me into this. Yeah. And I love that how like the writers want to throw that at, you know, that, you know, America is responsible for doing some awful things, people. Let's not, let's not, uh, Let's not pretend we're just like this innocent thing. And I, and I love and the fact Isaiah. that Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. All over. I mean, there, I mean, like, I, I don't know if people are picking up on that necessarily, but, and I'm not saying like America's evil necessarily mm-hmm. either, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's acknowledging that, you know, countries are, they have their own, their, their things and they have their ways mm-hmm. and they want, you know, things are in, uh, done a certain way. And he kind of throws it at them. And I, and I love that. And I love the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, Gave your, they have to be responsible, and that's the whole thing. They didn't want to be responsible. They just try to blame him for it, and that's yeah. what. And I love that. That that's what. That's what every major organization, any country will do is they'll find a scapegoat and they will throw that at him, and they will yeah. throw anyone under the bus. And that's not right, but that's just the way it is. And I yeah. love how the fact he get, he gets his time to kind of call him out on it. And and again, us, and we're gonna see that being his whole you know, being built by this corporation, I say corporation or whatever, but by the government. Yeah. And it's You're going to see that, how it's going to be played against them in as us agent. With Val, I mean, it's going to be, it's a, uh, it's it may, honestly, it makes me even more excited to see where they're going to, I don't want to say he's one dimensional in the comic books, but he is, he's a little bit of a bully. And he's kind of a, yeah. kind of a guy. And, and, and you can, there's only so much you can do with that character. I mean, I'm sure there's, I mean, there's not always, you know, there's no such thing as bad characters, as bad storytellers. And, and there's maybe someone out there that can maybe make him a little more interesting and complex, mm-hmm. I think. But at the same time, yeah, he's just not, there's not, he's not exactly like a super, you know, multidimensional mm-hmm. character at this point. Um, but I think the show has done a good job, I think, of adding to that. And it, they make him actually, honestly, a little more sad in the, sh- in the series. He's not as more, he's not a sad He's less dumb in the comic <laughs> books. He's still dumb in the comics, but he's not that yeah, yeah. dumb. I feel he's a little. This guy's a little, a little more dumb if that makes yeah. any sense. But I think maybe the super soldier serum has made him a little bit more, a little bit more out there. But I kind of like that about him though too, mm-hmm. to be honest. It's a little, it's again a little bit different, but it makes sense to. But it honestly, honestly makes sense of why he would do all these things. And in the comic books, it's like, well, I was a superhero before. I'm gonna be a superhero again. So I'm gonna take Captain America's old costume and make it my own, kind of a thing. Where that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Whereas this makes more sense. He's a little bit looser because maybe he's a little bit goofier and dumb. And of course he's going to put on the Captain America U.S. agent costumes, you know, whatever, after all that. So 
if that makes any sense. But yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that if you're going to go out and read comic books, go read 332, Captain America, Volume 1, 350. Um, it's awesome. Like, I, I love it. And again, it's, it, it's, a, it's they're, they're really, they're, they can get kind of goofier once in a while. But if you can get over that, I think if you read all that, you're going to get a great story. Especially, there's some issues in there that I love, straight up love. So, yeah, I highly recommend reading those comics. Building off of that, talking about another, well, I w- yeah, I guess another major character in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, before we get into the two main characters, mm-hmm. Isaiah Bradley, another yeah. one of, he is portrayed, I'm blanking on the actor's name right now because apparently none of us are good with names. <laughs> That's terrible. The acting for Isaiah Bradley is on John Walker's level, and it absolutely blew me away the way they portrayed it in the show. Yeah, um, I, you know, again, I didn't read those comics until um, the Isaiah Bradley comic books, which I forgot what the name of that series was, um, until a couple years ago. Red, white, and black. That's it. it? You nailed it. Yeah, that's it. Um, And it's all Marvel limited. So if you guys, if you all are curious about it, you know, go ahead and read it. I wasn't a huge fan of the art of that comic book. It's pretty abrasive, in my opinion. Um, It's. I mean, the story is phenomenal, and they take—they pretty much take that whole story and just—he explains the whole comic book in that one scene where he first meets Isaiah Bradley. That was and, hard. Yeah, it is, and, and it does. But the comic makes it—it it just 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 know if you're going to go read it, that art's rough. It's very stylized, and I because it's just a bummer. Marvel, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. Um, but it's it's a little goofy, but. But it's still the writing's all there, and that's honestly how the only way I was able to actually finish it because the writing was all pretty dang solid and pretty good. Um, they take, they, like I said, they take pretty much that whole storyline and just add it to, to this show, and it, and it was a good addition. Again, going back to what I said earlier, it's Marvel is MCU is phenomenal at, at taking things, combining them, and making them like all cohesive, and it's again. I can tell you, look at all the early, you know, 90s, mid 90s, late 90s uh, um, superhero movies and trying to adapt certain characters and adding a million villains in one thing. It doesn't always work when you try to take different aspects and just mush it together. It takes someone who, uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, mean, that looks like Citizen Kane compared to some of the stuff that came out in the 90s. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, it's rough in some of those places, but my my point is this though: you have to know the characters, know the story, know where they're going to add all those different elements from the story without being a big mess. And honestly, and even even with even with a TV show like Falcon Winter Soldier, you can add too much to it pretty easily. And they do a phenomenal job of just really giving a good, nice flow um, of, of of things that are keep it interesting, but without making it too messy. And the Isaiah Bradley stuff is so perfect. I mean, it's like. It's it really honestly it's it's probably better than in the, in the show than the comic book in my opinion as as far as how they introduce him and how they kind of show his story and everything so yeah I definitely really like that aspect of the of the story um like I said I love the aspect in the six sixteen universe but I don't like the actual comic book that came out it's like I said the art just be warned that art is rough just be warned don't judge comics based on that art alone please yeah. So question for Paul here. Do you think Isaiah is going to have another role in the MCU, or do you think that his story concluded at the end of this? I, I'll i say this, because I don't want to say spoilers for the most part. I'm definitely 
more anti-spoiler spoiler as I get an old man. Um, uh, just because, I don't know, uh, whatever. Um, I will say that I think he might show up here or there. And we, we already know Eli from you know, Avengers is, is his grandson or, or great-grandson. Well, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. But um, either way, uh, I'll just say this. I think he could show up if Patriot shows up. Uh, if he, if Patriot's not included in, in the Young Avengers, which is possible, they definitely got out of the way to explain the grandson of the show, which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure that means anything, to be honest. But but at the same time, if he ends up, he being uh, Eli, uh, Eli um, goes into uh, the Young Avengers, I think you definitely will see uh, him show up at some point again. At least, at least one time. On the maybe on I'll the topic of Young Avengers. Sorry, no, you're good. Um, on the topic of Young Avengers, where we are in the MCU right now, and with what we know is coming, like we know America Chavez, Kate Bishop, people like that are coming. What yeah. would be your dream Young Avengers team in the MCU? That's a dude, Owen. Congrats, man. You have one of the best questions you've ever. I'm not you, <laughs> you personally. Yeah, you. The best one you ever asked anyone is me. No, no. Uh, you just asked me one of my favorite questions maybe ever. Like, honestly, that they, you just kind of... I don't never often get surprised when people ask me questions. That actually took me by surprise, and I freaking love the question. Um, straight up, that's amazing. Uh, first of all, my dream... My dreaming Avengers team is definitely... First of all, Iron Lad's got to be in it. I'm a huge Iron Lad fan. Love them. Um, and again, no spoilers about that whole thing. That's like the whole premise of Young Avengers. So. That's a big thing in the comics, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, or in the, in the Young Avengers comic. Just read Young Avengers. Yeah. You'll, get, you'll get what I'm saying. It's amazing. I hope, they, hope to God they do it. Um, but they might. We know, we, know, we know one of the characters connected to that is coming in a future project, so. Yes. This, this show and sh- um, Just leave it. Parker... Parker Parker, read Young Avengers. Hey, right? goddamn it, just read it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no adding, just do or do Yoda, man. Do or do not. Just, just do, do it. it. Be like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Just do it. Seriously. Um, uh, so, um, uh, so yeah. Then um, I would say Iron Lad, definitely uh, Patriot, but with his original costume. I don't like the domino mask, or I like okay. it fine, but give me the full mask. I love that full mask. Chef's kiss. Um, so I put Bradley. I definitely put. Um, oh my God, P- Kate Bishop has to be in it. She's honestly the the characterization of her in Young Avengers in all the comics, but especially in those first twelve issues or whatever by Alan Heinberg, Heinberg, whatever his name is, so good. I love Kate Bishop in those comics. Yeah. Um, she's she's a great character. So I definitely put Kate Bishop in there. Hulkling and Wiccan are, are obviously, I mean, like pretty much, how about this? Pretty much the whole main team stays. Maybe Stature can hit the road. I'm not a huge Stature fan or whatever the hell she's called now. Uh, yellow, I forgot what the hell she's called. She like new, yeah, no, no, no. She has a new superhero name. It's not Stature anymore. She's like some kind of bug character or something after her <clears> dad, <throat> whatever. Um, what, what do you got? No hate towards Kathy Lane necessarily. She's not my favorite character. Um, get her out of there. Um, uh, who was I thinking just a second ago that I thought would be perfect? I think Chavez would be a great addition yeah. um, if you were to replace that. Um, even then, like, um, Kieran Gillen had a, a Avenger, Young Avengers run. They had, like, Marvel Boy, Chavez, Little uh, little Boy Loki was in it. Um, yeah, really, really, I just read that one, I think, like, last week. It's not It's not bad. Kieran Gillen's a freaking, he's a good writer. Um, I 
he, I don't love everything he does, but when he hits, man, whew, he hits. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, but you know, it was, I remember liking it back in the day. Um, there was another. There was one character in my mind. I was like, I can't believe him. You know, I probably would add um, you know, Ironheart in there, and maybe Miss Marvel. Um, or as far as that goes, maybe I'd probably put Ironheart and make that be pretty cool too. Maybe have Ironheart and Ironheart in there. So, yeah, that's a good man. You took me off guard on that one, man. I wish I had more time. I, I'd probably put up a bad, badass team of Young Avengers in there. But, but, but honestly, I think that original team is just so good that you really can't go wrong with it. Honestly. Um. So, but yeah, I'd probably add definitely. Um, for sure, I would uh, add. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I'd add a couple a couple randos in there, but that main team is is pretty damn good, I have to say. But yeah, Young Avengers, and that's the thing too. I'm not sure if you agree with me, Owen. Would you agree that you should name if you do a movie about those characters, right? Would you think that you need to keep their name, Young Avengers, or would you go with like Champions or whatever? I'm not a fan of Champions. I think I hate that name. I think that the the way the MCU would do it, they're either going to do it as a Young Avengers uh, separate movie. Or they yeah. might create, or they might play into doing it like Avengers Five, Young Avengers. You know, and this is one thing I've said for a while. And par- again, Parker, I'm so sorry. You, I've, I've just, I'm just dominated. I feel so bad. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just, for people who want to listen to Parker, I apologize. Uh, they, they, they have, yes. <laughs> This is Parker. I'm sorry. For, I, I understand. You don't want to hear me talk anymore. I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, for, for me, I, I've been saying this for a while, too, is I think that Marvel's doing smart, man, because they're not going to abandon the Marvel like brand or Marvel brand, the Avengers brand, because they have the Young Avengers. And this is something that me and Sean have are, you know, argued about a lot. And he's like, well, I don't know. You don't want to waste that on whatever. I'm like, no, dude, you, you don't have to waste it because you're calling them the Young Avengers. Like, they're literally a different term, you know, or whatever. And if you build the fact that these characters are not the Avengers, because here's the thing, they're going to fail. They may win one battle, but when they go up against, you know, think about Endgame, right? Like, think of it like, I'm trying to think it sucks. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, everybody, sorry, we had our recording bot keeps cutting out. We're going to have to figure out a different way to shoot this, but I'll feel free <laughs> to continue on with what you were saying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, I, in my, my monologue here. Um, but no, I, I think that there's going to be some kind of uh, gradual te- reason for them to come together, obviously. And I think what better way would be than after you introduce this great team of young kids, sh- you know, to basically show the world that they're not quite there. You need the real Avengers to come in and save the day and save their butts and, and train them, to be quite honest. So I think that there's, I think that's how they're going to be used, in my opinion. I, I just, again, I, I I could be wrong, but I think that's a very valid chance of happening. Just it just makes sense from a thematic standpoint. I have a question. That's a really cool idea. Like I hadn't thought of that at all. I have a question for Paul though. We're sort of with this new phase four and everything, we're sort of it's almost building up to a like we've had 10 years to build up to Thanos, which is then right. end game. We got to see that whole resolution and everything. I feel like phase four, I think me and Owen sort of talked about this where I think actually Owen said it last episode where it's sort of like we're repeating that same feeling. Now we're building up to something else. All these upcoming mm-hmm. movies are going to be a lot of like setting up new characters and setting mm-hmm. them up to fight something else. That's going to be bigger later on. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think could be the next big, like, who could replace Thanos for this next big 
buildup. Yeah. See, I don't know. And and that this is where I think they have to really tread lightly because mm-hmm. either way, if you go bigger, then it's never going to be as good as Thanos. Yeah. If you and if you also do that, then you also are be you're going to be said, you know, criticized for all you know I do is the same thing. You just do another Thanos. It's like yeah, you yeah. don't want to do that. <laughs> but if you do yeah. something completely different, you you know, people may not be as invested. So you're kind of in a catch 22. Like what do you yeah. do? I in my opinion, I think you've got to be a little bit, how am I going to say this? You have to kind of have sec- like different, like kind of how they had before. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. Maybe certain people have like, they kind of t- like almost like sections of team ups, if you will. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say you, you have uh, Eternals and um, Avengers and all those characters are maybe in one section. And yep. you have the Spider-Man and, and Doctor, whatever. You got what I'm saying. Like, just, it, yeah, it's yeah. Not just, just throwing names out there. Um those people would kind of be like more tied together and they'd have a thing they'd kind of be gravitating towards the, the fighting. And then you have separate kind of entities kind of a thing that would make more sense in my opinion. Cause that's where it seems like they're going with all these different TV series and whatnot. I think if you're going to do, this is my own opinion. I think what yeah, they're doing course. right now, if, if, I think they're not doing a Thanos thing by right now. Yeah. I think, I think they're just kind of just doing like a, just kind of building every all these new characters and they're going to figure out through as time goes on like totally I'm not saying they don't have a plan but like i think they're kind of waiting and seeing because i don't because think about this do you think that thanos was going to be not going to be in avengers 2 when you saw the end of avengers 1 no like i thought there makes sense we're going to see yeah. avengers take on thanos but then i'm like age of ultron what the hell you know i mean like that's my point is like yeah. They didn't really like I don't I think they were probably intending that to happen. And then, then the success of the Avengers, they went, well, wait a minute. I think again, they just kind of thought on the fly, like, what if we did this and what if we did that? I think anything creative, I mean, I'm a creative person because I have to think mm-hmm. I am. Um <laughs> I, 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 I kind of think that like it make it almost makes sense and it's better and more freeing if you have the ability to say, you know what, what let's not just be beholden to our blueprint. Let's just kind yeah. of be flexible and see. And I think that's what happened. They kind of went, wait, what's not show Thanos yet? Why don't we just wait? Because I would have bet, I would have betted money that Thanos is going to show up in Avengers 2. I think everyone would have. And then they mm-hmm. went, oh, he's not? What? And then that kind of, again, I think that kind of showed Marvel, that, like, you know what, we can kind of tease things and not have to, like, go crazy yet. So, yeah. It's it's interesting. I personally think that what they're going to do is I think what they're building towards now is a little more is a lot smaller. I think from the grand scheme of things, I think there is going to be a Thunderbolt slash Dark Avengers team. That's also going to cause it's either going to be Young Avengers and I think the Thunderbolts Dark Avengers will probably be going on at the same time, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like the Thunderbolts slash Dark Avengers are going to be like the uh, we're the new team we're the we're the team that protects the world. And they're going to like probably want to take down the Young Avengers in some way. Again, like something like that. I'm not saying for sh- like 100% on the money, but something along those lines where yeah. the Young Avengers are going to be like, you guys are fakes. You guys are nobodies. You aren't even close to them because you're probably going to have villains on the team, US agent, you know, abomination that we've heard, you know, all these different characters. You're, they're going to be looked down upon, and, but they're, but these Thunderbolt characters or whatever, they're going to be like, no, we're the heroes. And then you're probably going to see them either take on the Avengers or whatever, but you could see them being like the masters of evil or mm-hmm. whatever and have them take on the Avengers too. Like that, I think that's what they're probably leaning towards is because we haven't really seen a super team versus a super team. 
yeah. and that's that and that's what i think marvel's kind of banking on is like you know the kind of this kind of collect ourselves a little bit why don't we have a why don't we make a super team that will take on another super team and that'll be kind of a reintroduction to the avengers in some ways i think i think that's what's probably going to happen yeah and in some something along those lines and then by that point you have already had either shown the fantastic four and you've already done and set that up and you and i'm assuming dr doom's gonna show up at some point i think doom might be the next quote-unquote thanos but not on the same level i think mm-hmm. it's gonna if anything and again i think what marvel has done is done a great job of kind of treading on you know giving a lot of writers a lot of freedom and kind of telling you know their what they're what they you know kind of put some themes and some current uh issues with it especially with falcon winter soldier there's a lot you could do from a thematic standpoint and um, political standpoint with Dr. Doom and Latveria and this whole country that he runs in dictatorship. So there's a lot you can do where Thanos was like, you know, this is what happens when you control, you have so one person has so much power, right? Where I think Doom is kind of like that, but he's a lot more what happens when someone has a power, you know, and, and has, a, you know, he, he runs a country and you have to, you know, basically live in peace with that person, quote unquote, peace. And, you know, does this dictatorship mean well? Are they going to, you know, what does that mean? Like, it's a different, same thing, different kind of everything. It's like, you know, again, apples and oranges, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. Thanos is not that at all. He's a, he's a you know, a lot more powerful at that point. But yeah. right. Doom, Doom's a little bit more interesting because he's, he's a little Great. more. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, but, um, but no, Doom's a lot more, I, w- I don't want to say like realistic, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Doom it represents a little more realism than Thanos does, as far as yeah. what he represents of a different country, dictatorship, and what that can mean. So that's where I think they could be going with it because Doom, if especially if Latveria gets introduced in Wakanda Forever, then I'd be like, oh, then 100% Doom's like going to be the big bad or something like that because yeah. he, there's a lot you could do with Victor Von Doom, which, by mm-hmm. the way, one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. <laughs> Do you think there's a better chance for Latveria or Atlantis in Wakanda Forever? Mm. Oh, and again, you kick, you're kicking my ass tonight, man. Man, you are, <laughs> you are no, I'm being serious. You, you're asking some bomb-ass questions. These are, these are the questions I love to talk about. <laughs> in my opinion... That's why we're here. Yeah, it's awesome. You've impressed me tonight. Well, you know, you've impressed me. Um, I think that there's room for both. I, but if I had to say one, what was the focus, if, if you told me, if you sat down and Ryan Kruger was like, I'm going to tell you right now, Atlantis and Leveria are both going to be play a part in, in Wakanda Forever, but only one's going to be the focus. Which one is it? I, will, I go Atlantis. Agreed. First thing, Atlantis. Because, yeah. there's, because I think there's, you, you don't need to add Doom into that movie. You can add elements to it, introduce it to the world, but Atlantis, you could, you could, there's so much you could do with the whole king versus a king. And, you know, again, the characterization of Namar is, is a super interesting one and would be a great kind of example to show what, you know, again, thematical wise, super, super cool stuff you could do with, with Wakanda. So, yeah, I, and again, they, they've always had a rivalry in the comic books, even though I think in the comics they're actually like, closer even though mm-hmm. it's hard to explain it's because obviously in the ocean wakanda and like marvel and cinematic universe are completely on opposite ends like running yeah. close to water <laughs> so, so i don't know how that's gonna work but yeah um but you get what i'm saying I, I i think atlantis would be the one if between the two but i think there's a chance they both could be in it or play a part in some way in it 
think a lot of people were really excited to see Namor lately because ever since I think it was Endgame, when we see, uh, I can't remember exactly her name, but... Koye, I think. Koye, yeah. She mentioned, like, how there's an earthquake in the ocean and stuff, and, like, how would we handle this? Or, like, Black Widow was saying, like, how do we handle this? We handle it by not handling it. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people thought that was sort of, like, it could have been just an earthquake, or it could have been possibly a little bit of an Easter egg, or a little bit of, like, a, hey, mentioning um, the existence of... yeah people who live Alanians. in the ocean and stuff. Yeah, Atlanteans and yeah, stuff. So yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people were kind of excited to possibly reach into that, but who knows? We didn't know exactly. I, I'm one of those people who definitely thinks that. I definitely I, me too. I and also to be honest, I think that there's I I think I think it has to be because it, why would you mention it like yeah. that? It just doesn't it doesn't really make sense. But again, my theories, I mean, I, have, I always think my theories are like almost rock solid yeah. and totally blown up. And I'm like, well, that was dumb. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so who knows? But I, I, you would, I'll say this. If anything, they're just teasing us to see what the reaction would be and just see and get, it gives them the opportunity to introduce them without over committing to it. And that's, yeah. again, I said, that just like with Thanos before, right? They don't just tell you, oh, yeah, it's going to be, a, it's, guess what? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's going to be, a, you know, Atlanteans. Like, yeah. if, if they were overcommitted to that idea, they would have meant, they would have gone out of their way to mention even more, I would say, in my opinion. Yeah. Probably, yeah. You know, like, we handled it, not handling it, but not sending people to get Namor pissed off at us or something stupid <laughs> like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so they, they'd be a little bit more uh, obvious bit with it. But I think they kind of, Almost like they're testing the waters and just kind of giving them the opportunity to be like, well, we mentioned it, so we can do it. But I think they don't overcommit to it either. So yeah, I th- I think that's what they're. If anything, I think they're just kind of throwing it out there to see what the reaction is and see gives them an gives them the opportunity to, to visit it if they want to that early. But they don't have to. Well, you know what? So it, it's just not the same thing. But think about in Falcon Winter, or excuse me, uh, Captain America: First Avenger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they t- they talk about vibranium. Yeah, in the in the first movie, and they don't mention Wakanda at all. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all very background, very, it's whatever. There's no like promise of Black Panther. It it shows they they those people exist, mm-hmm. and that the whole thing is there, but it doesn't overcommit to the fact that like, oh, we're gonna show up Black Panther because Black Panther didn't even show up till like eight years later. So I mean, you see yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like they're they're showing us this, they're kind of hinting at it, but. They're not overcommitting to it where they're like, they have to do it. It's like, it kind of gives them the option. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Paul, I have one big, very big final question for you to end oh off God. tonight. This is going to be... This is, pro- this is probably a more general one. It's one that you've probably talked about and been asked about before. Well, you blow me away so far tonight, man. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So, we know mutants are coming to the MCU. Yes, uh, we Parker and I did a review of Logan last week where we talked a little bit about how we would kind of like this to happen. Owen oh, just I, recently watched Logan. Yeah, I watched it my first first time I watched it a week ago. So yeah. Anyway, eh, yeah, uh, I don't blame you. Anyway, <laughs> I blame my parents. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't blame you. I'm not a huge fan of. I, I like Logan. I don't love Logan. That's fair. Oh, okay. It, it's definitely a movie that it's it's a type. It's a it's a movie you need a taste for. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So, I had talked about with Parker last week that my dream introduction for the X Men <clears> would be <throat> if they went with the original team from the comics, like Iceman, Beast, Cyclops, Jean Grey, etc. Wow. What okay. would yours be? 
See, you're, you're killing me, man. man. You, that's a good <laughs> question. That's a damn good question. You know, I, I just don't think you go wrong with the, the heavy hitters. That means Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, um, Rogue, Gambit. Silver. I mean, who? Quicksilver. <laughs> I really wanted it to be him. Dude, I mean, listen, listen. Listen, Linda, listen. Like, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I've always wanted Quicksilver to be an X-Man. Like, right. always. I mean, he's gotten close. Yeah, he's yeah, gotten yeah. close. He's, you know, an X-Factor, you know. Yeah. And even though he's technically, well, right now, he's technically not even a mutant, but I that will get retconned hopefully soon. Yeah. So. Um, oh, God, I hate that so much. Um, <laughs> always, always. I'm sorry, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver will always be mutants for me. They'll, yeah. They will never yeah. not be. Oh, yeah, I'm agreed. sorry. Like, oh, we better change it because Fox has the rights and we're going to have high evolutionaries. And just, screw that. Give yeah. me a break. I can't <laughs> believe they made Rick Reminder do that. Ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah, I would say, honestly, I think that that X-Men animated series team is like so perfect. I mean, it's, it, it really is. I think, I don't think you can go wrong with those characters. Maybe add a few, maybe add a few more female characters in there. Um, maybe instead of Jubilee, you have Kitty Pride slash Shadowcat. Yeah. You know, I, I um, agree with that. Um, you know, because Jubilee is not; she has not really sustained her her. Uh, the, it didn't last as long as I thought she was going to. To be honest, I mean, not saying she's going to be as like a household name necessarily, but uh, which, by the way, uh, for, it's probably too too old for you kids here. But uh, um, back in the day, there was a Generation X uh, X Men movie, TV movie, and oh. Jubilee was in it. And uh, Jubilee, the actress who played her. Ended up marrying Dawson himself from Dawson's Creek. Oh, sweet! For those who don't if you know who the Dawson is, but I me, mean, you guys are too young for the Dawson. I don't know. <laughs> Not a clue. What's that? Not a clue. Wow, I am old, homie. Oh my god. We're it's sorry. Crazy. We're bringing. We're making you age more. Oh, and more. oh god. I'm like I went from like man, I'm only a 39 to like oh. <laughs> Frick, I am 39 years old. Oh, God. I'm feeling mad uh, about like at 21 already. So. Oh, oh, God, you guys are kids, man. Oh, my God. Enjoy your age. Oh, oh, my God. Enjoy your age. Enjoy your age, boys. Um, no, no, but um, but yeah, for, for those, who, those who know what I'm talking about, I always thought that was very interesting and funny. Um, but yeah, they're, Jubilee, um, not the greatest character in my opinion. Not not saying she's not a bad character, or she is a bad character, but she's not my favorite. Um, you know, take her out, put in Shadowcat maybe, um, maybe a Psylocke. I don't know. I, to me, I mean, but the one character I would always exchange for Beast would be Nightcrawler. Give me, Nightcrawler mm-hmm. is my favorite X-Men character. He's, he is easily one of the best X-Men characters ever created, and I don't mm-hmm. think... I'll never forget when Chris Claremont, uh, Claremont took him off the X-Men and put him in Excalibur in the 80s. And I had just been like, oh, what the hell is this? Even as a kid. And I was like, man, Nightcrawler needs to be in the X-Men. He's not some stupid Excalibur person. Yeah. This crap. I hated that. And it took him <laughs> like 20 years to get back on the team. I remember being so bitter at that. Ugh. Um, but no, I mean, I, I would say Nightcrawler has to be in it. He is such... That character is such a great character. I mean, Absolutely. he is easily. I mean, X two is a great example of why he is. But I mean, but really, I mean, he is just so he's so perfect. I mean, yeah, I, I could go on, but Kurt Wagner, <laughs> I love, I love him to death. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would also like to see a good live action Gambit. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I, but you know, Gambit's never. I think he's. A, I think he's a. 
he's a character that people usually like a lot, and I think there's a reason. There's a lot of charm to him, how he's written in the comics, and his characterization, and um, and the, his power level is interesting. His staff is cool. He's so they tried in Origins, right? Yeah, they tried to bring him in Origins. And I, you know, to be honest, I don't think I don't think he is the, the honestly the character and how he was acted, how how he's portrayed wasn't the problem. It was the movie was the problem itself? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, wasn't the, <laughs> wasn't wasn't the, wasn't a great movie. Um, yeah. how they introduced him, but I thought his power his powers were cool. The actor was solid. It was the movie he was in wasn't great. So, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I would say Gambit was someone you'd want to put in there. There's. There's an interesting element there, and you could easily put him, I think, easily in like a different, you know, different race easily too, and make him not just a boring white guy and make him like, yeah. you know, give him something else. I mean, he easily do that because he's super charming, and, you know, he, he always swoons ladies. I mean, like, this is how he is. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, there's there's something there that they have never really done with the movies. They could easily do it with an in, in X Men, uh, the MCU version, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. I definitely say Nightcrawler has to be on that team without a doubt. He's he's easily one of the best X Men of all time. Cool. So before we close off for the night, Parker or Paul, do you guys have any statements, questions, anything else left? No, I'm just glad. I Paul, what any comics that I need to like immediately read? <laughs> all right. <hold laughs> what on. else okay. do I need to put onto my immediate list right now? <laughs> all right. Well, I don't want to overwhelm you, homie. So. Oh uh, no, no, I, it's okay. No, so. Which I really appreciate the fact that you actually are willing to read comics. And oh, again, you, don't have to lo- you don't have to love them. Just yeah, give yeah. them a shot. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because what I'm what I'm banking on and hoping on is that you'll get really into comics through these comics, and you'll be mm-hmm. like, man, like man, Paul was right. Like these comics are awesome. Yeah. I want to read more. <laughs> yeah. And the good news is you can easily find them on Marvel Limited and just go to town. And you love binging things. You have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have no issue with this, my friend. So, um, but yeah, I would say um, if you want to read, you know, I again, I. I'm going to put my own YouTube channel here for a second. No, no, go um, ahead. No, go um, ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, comic binge, uh, the Comic Binge YouTube channel, please like and subscribe. Get me in that sweet uh, YouTube algorithm for me. <laughs> um, but I talk about in, in the WandaVision episode about the Vision series by Tom King. And uh, that's a lot more cerebral. It's a lot more um, not as action-packed, but it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. beautiful like we're talking like true art like a lot of a lot of comic book people don't either love or hate tom king i'm actually one of the rare people who probably is more in the middle now than ever i used to really love him and i've kind of seen a little bit more of his not faults but just kind of like oh, okay i can't really into this as much and he's a little over the top here but for the most part i like most of the stuff but his vision series is by far one of the best marvel series ever written no question it's 12 issues of pure great comic book medium and again it's not super action-packed but it is an emotional journey and it's what i've said before if you are trying to get into comic books it's again if you don't if you know already it's not action-packed but you're going to get one of the best stories marvel's ever put out and it's built for the comic book comic book medium it's entrenched in the marvel cinematic or excuse me entrenched in the 616 universe i don't think it ever goes too far it keeps things basic, but also you'll learn. It's it's perfect. It is. I think it's as close to a perfect perfect Marvel comic that you can get. And um, again, I think it's. I talked about disassembled using a lot, you know, for you know for Wandavision. Uh, Wandavision, I think, straight up takes the elements of Vision series and just kind of expands on it. Like I don't think without the Vision, without the Vision, 
I don't uh, this maxi series. I don't think WandaVision exists. Like I don't, and I don't think I get a lot of pushback from that. But I don't think those people write the writers write WandaVision if they don't have the vision to go off of because mm-hmm. it's that it's that integral to the story. It's a different. It's a completely different animal as far as like um, what what the characters they use, but the themes are all there. And it's amazing. Like I, I straight up, I don't. That's not hyperbole. I've gone on record and said this series is amazing for years and years and years. One of my dearest friends in the world, may may rest in peace, John Beerley. He taught. He he made me read that series. He made me. He bought it digitally, sent it to me, and said, "You need to read this right now." And <laughs> you know, John was one of my best friends, and I said, "All right, Beerley's telling me to read this. I better read it." And I read three. I read the three comics he bought me. And I I texted him immediately and said, "Dude." what the hell this is amazing and i told you <laughs> and so i was like oh and I, I bought it i bought every issue afterwards and i never regretted it so That's it's awesome. on marvel limited go read it i pro- i just if you guys don't like that story then i maybe you need to watch the fast and the furious i don't know but <laughs> like, seriously and I, i'm not trying to be a jerk i'm just being <laughs> no, no, no. It's, maybe, it's not your cup of tea you need to watch something that's like you know super different and whatever and that's fine but yeah if you love good art just in general not this drawing but like art art as mm-hmm. a very general term yeah the, the vision is your is where you want to go that is 100 um you know, as as far as um, other comic series you want to read, man, um, I'm going to throw some things out there and okay. blow your mind. Maybe um, and I'm going to stick with Marvel because of you know Marvel show. Um, go read Immortal Hulk. Um, I know I've been praising that on Twitter a lot. Immortal Hulk. It it might get a little bit over your head a little bit as far as like what's going on, but I think Al Ewing has done a great job of a great entry point. Um, mm-hmm. And you also again you'll learn a lot about the Marvel universe through this comic book series. And it is again very cerebral, but super nutty and awesome. And just it's um basically it's bought it's like it's a horror comic book basically. Oh okay. Um, but it's not but it's a very it's almost like a psychological thriller mixed with a real horror movie. It's like kind of marrying both elements with entrenched in the Hulk mythos. And okay. it's nuts. You're it's, mixing two of my favorite genres, Marvel and uh and uh, Mar- or, and horror movies there, so we're <laughs> seriously. You're, oh, dude, oh you're, yeah, you'll love it. Oh, you'll Perfect. love it. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Like I, if you love horror and you you love Marvel, you will love my Immortal Hulk. If you even tolerate comic books, there's no doubt in my mind. You'll be like, dude, this is awesome. And Perfect. it just gets nuttier. And it, it's again, we're talking like it, it, it tackling. You know, again, one one thing about stories in general, especially in comic books, but just in general. Yeah, I love our themes. I love themes. Like mm-hmm. what? What is the writer or the team trying to convey a story of? Like, is this about loss? Is it about revenge? Or you know, what? What can you apply in your real life? And what you can relate to in a story is why I love art in general. It's mm-hmm. why I love music. It's why I love watching movies or reading comic books. It's it's all about what you can get out of it and relate to. And sometimes it's fun just to kind of get lost. Don't get me wrong. It's a balance. Yeah, but the my favorite things in the world are usually things that I can relate to or can like identify with. Yeah, and I can tell you right now, there are some there's some dark stuff and and serious serious subject matter that Al Ewing brings up in that series, and it's an ongoing series. It's on issue thirty now. And oh wow, okay. Yeah, it, it it there's a lot. So when you go in, you're going to be binging a lot. But it, I don't <laughs> I don't think. 
but you know what? I don't think you'll be able to, if you like comic books, I, if you even remotely like comic books, I don't think you'll be able to put it down. It's easily, again, another, Mar- this is what, again, Marvel's put out some great, some of their best work in years mm-hmm. recently. Um, and as, at least with this series, it's definitely, you know, and the Hulk has had some great runs before it. Don't get me wrong. Bill Mantlo, Peter David, th- those are legend. I mean, well, he, Al Ewing based his whole run off those two writers, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and granted, some other stuff too, but like those two writers, he he's even gone on record saying that those two writers are like basically what his whole run is, is, is you know, running from essentially, or yeah. basing everything off of those two, what those two guys did. And um, I can tell you that it's a, it's a great, but there's lots of awesome horror monster stuff in it. But again, it's all based around themes. And like, and what I've always said is it's like, if you combined the Hulk with like Twin Peaks, almost like I know it's kind of a weird thing to compare it to, but that really yeah. is what it is. It's like it's like David Lynch and like Stan Lee making a comic book together. It's what it feels like, okay. and it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. And uh, you know, I, again, go start Vision, start starts and um, and you know, Immortal Hulk. I think you'll hit, hit me up and be like, hey. Tell me if you like it or not. If you don't like sure. it, it's no big deal. But no, of I would love to hear. I'd love to hear what you think because uh, I just, I, yeah, I don't think you go wrong. I've, I've recommended that comic to a lot of people. I've had one person tell me they couldn't get into it, and they're a hardcore comic book fan. But okay. other people, other people I've told, they've been like, "Oh man, I love Immortal Hulk." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. told you, it's awesome, <laughs> great, awesome, great." I don't know if it's on your list already. Also, I know Paul and I have talked about it today, but put that 1984 Secret Wars on there. That's yes, really yes, good. and. The, yeah, and that again, that's a and talk about popcorn fun. That is a great popcorn fun. Like mm-hmm. you're bored, you want you know, you know, don't watch, don't watch TV. Skip, skip TV for a minute. Read some great comic books, <laughs> and that's and that. And honestly, that is like you want to just you know have a fun time. Not you don't want to get heavy deep theme. Which again, I don't always want to read super deep stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that is a super. Fun, and not only that, you get to learn about the Marvel universe. Like there's so much stuff they introduce in that. Like that's why I learned. That's like the great training wheels from Marvel comic books, honestly, because like you get to learn all about the characters and kind of, you know, who you like, who, you know, whose characterizations you can go to or, or whatever you'd see Spider-Man fight the X-Men. It's awesome. I think my favorite, like I always love when Marvel goes into the dark stuff too, because you get to really see like some of those, those characters that as a child, you're like, Oh yeah, it's Spider-Man, it's Hulk and all that stuff. But then you see him like in really messed up situations. Like for example, yeah. Spider-Man in the zombies. Uh, uh, after yeah. killing MJ and everything, it was like, whoa, okay. Like the, even as a zombie form, he's still like mourning and depressed and everything. I was like, damn, yeah, it was, yeah. that was dark. Is it that uh, Marvel Zombies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, written by Robert Kirkman. Yeah, yeah, man, Robert Kirkman, Invincible. Another, I haven't seen the series, but I've read the comics. The comics are great. I've seen a lot of clips of the series, and it's oh yeah, it's just as just as dark as the Spider-Man, uh, if not darker. There's some really uh, messed up stuff. Oh yeah, no, trust me. I, I like I said, it, it's following the comic. It sounds like I haven't watched the series, and I, mm. that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. I, I, I don't yeah. know if I'll ever watch the series because the comics are so good. I, oh yeah, I my mouth dropped open when I read those comic books. Like it was dropped. I was like, what? And so Even yeah, that, it's. The one that like pops out, like the scene is like that the mating scene and everything. That whole thing, that was that was messed up. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty nuts. It's, it's like it's pretty nuts. It's like the boys, but anime. Well, I, I guess well, the boys was its own comic thing, but like 
Yeah. It's like a, a twist on the boys, I guess, or as dark as I don't know. It's 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 in the it's in the same. It's taking superheroes and treating a lot more adults. Yeah, and and you know, as quick side note, and I'm, I've gone on record saying this before. I've never liked the boys. I no liked the comic. I've never I've never seen the boys. I never will see the boys. Oh no! Um, but it's but but it's only because I didn't like the comic book. The okay. comic book. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people I, I respect and trust that mm. they said the comic book is not good. They don't like the comic either, but they love the show. The, the show is awesome. The people say the show is great. Listen, I'd watch the show based on um, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy from yeah, Carl Urban's a fucking yeah. badass. I love that guy. I, I love watch Lord of the Rings. Like, well, dude, no <laughs> Dread. Well, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, Dread. Dread yeah, dude. Dread is yeah. amazing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No, I. I just I. The comic is just such a listen. The comic book is was such, it made me like seriously just dislike Garth Ennis, the writer. Oh, and he's really? a and he he's a legend. Like people yeah, love yeah. him. And I don't I don't think he's a bad writer, but I don't yeah. love Preacher. Couldn't get into that. Um, weirdly, I just realized that's also Carl Carl Urban was in that show too. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Or no no, I'm not Carl Urban. What's his name? The guy who played Anthony Stark. No, I got he looked like Carl Urban for a second. Um, in my head. Um, anyway, um, no, but. I, I just I, I read that first volume of the boys because everyone kept talking about how great it was and how it's like you know it's super adult superheroes and I read it and I'm like this is literally like just it's not playfully playing off superheroes is almost like 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 ripping on its audience like its own yeah, like, yeah. like and not in a fun way but like kind of like you're dumb this is how stupid it is and how like superheroes are stupid and I'm like you know, I don't want to read this. This is not <laughs> yeah. really like what I want to read. And yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't that like, I, in my opinion, wasn't that great. So, mm-hmm. and again, just a kind of raunchy, like let's be raunchy superheroes. And it's like, great, cool. Where's, how is this? And this is, this is also the premises. I think it's kind of stupid. It's like, mm-hmm. we need someone to look over the superheroes. It's like, why don't they just become superheroes? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I just kind of I'm like I mean again that's not, the, that's not the point of it but to me it's like if they're gonna be I don't know it's just, I'm like I'm just, yeah, yeah. It's not my thing. It's not, <laughs> I get you not my thing not not my yeah. thing and again no and everyone loves it everyone lo- I've heard mm. people just rave about it I'm like yeah dude, maybe one day when I'm like you know 80 years old in like 10 years and I'll be like okay whatever I'll pop it in one day and well it's all right yeah whatever but I have zero interest in it right now. And, and, and Invincible, it's funny. It's the exact opposite, where it's like, I freaking love that series. And mm-hmm. I haven't finished it. I, I'm on, like, volume, like, 11 or whatever. And I've, I okay. haven't read it. It's been a long time. But I, I when I read it, I, I'm talking about binge read. I, I, every, I, I binge read, like, the first, like, eight volumes of that, like, 10 years ago or 12 years ago. And then um, I'd read the trade whenever they come out every, you know, every year or whatever. And then I just kind of lost steam around 2013 or 14, and I kind of saw, I did stop buying it because I kind of forgot. And then I'm like, oh yeah. crap, I got I got this. I heard it, it ended the series, the actual series ended. The, yeah, it actually had an ending. And I'm like, crap, I probably should like buy the last volume so that way I can have the whole series. So I had the whole series in, in trade, but I haven't read since I think like volume <laughs> like 10 or 12. I forgot which one it was. Which one is it? I have them right here. Oh crap, there's like 25 of these things. Damn. <laughs> Um, which one? A lot more. <laughs> oh God, there's way more than I can realize. Frick, man, dang. I'm on. I think I'm on like. No, I gotta be up more. I'm like in like probably sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Anyway, I read. I read. I read a lot, but yeah. I just kind of stopped. 
it did get the one thing, and I think most people would agree when you get these ongoing series that have gone on for a while, they kind of lose a little steam. Yeah, I love Invincible. It definitely loses steam right around, I think, in the upper towards the hundred issues. It starts to kind of just it kind of it takes the elements that makes Invincible really cool and just kind of like it just kind of drags it too long. Yeah, yeah, and kind of I hate to say it, kind of comes a little predictable. Mm-hmm. Like I hate saying that, but it, it's the truth. I mean, it's like when you go on that long and you're prolonging. I think what makes the story really good, which obviously is about Mark and his dad. Yeah, if you catch my drift, and yeah. uh, I'll just say this: I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. it definitely treads into more uh, rate, story trope stuff later on. Whereas right mm-hmm. now, like we were watching, is like the best stuff. It gets a little bit more predictable later on. Yeah. So. If you catch what I'm saying there, yeah. um, which I which I don't think the series, will, the, the animated series, will ever get to, I think they'll have a little bit more. It, it's gonna it's gonna play it a lot shorter, which will be good for the the character in the series and, and as a whole. But either way, that those first three volumes are phenomenal. Like I, if you love the the animated series, just read the comics, man. Like they're literally <laughs> like like they're literally gonna take it almost verbatim. It sounds like it sounds yeah. like, like I mean liberties here or there, sure, but. Everything that I've say I've seen and read, I'm like, yeah, this is all happening in the comic. Like everything, yeah. like two, like every beat's the same. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know what happens in Invincible, read the comic. You'll you'll know everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. awesome. Alrighty. Well, I think that will close us out for the night. Paul, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, aka Pete Thug. Um, follow me and subscribe to my uh, comic binge podcast slash YouTube page. On Twitter, it's at binge comic. Um, yeah, uh, follow me on my the Star Wars podcast. The talking continues, and uh, yeah, guys, thanks so That's much. That's a good for having one. That's on. a good one, guys. <laughs> thank, I appreciate. I appreciate that. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me on. This has been an honor. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks nice for coming, Paul. I learned awesome a lot. This was great. I need. No, I needed yeah. more archive. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, I'll I'll definitely come on whenever you guys ask me or whatever I can. Um, if you guys would have me, and uh, I would love, to, I would love to ask Parker how many comics he's read since the last time <laughs> I was on. So you know, yeah, come back on a quiz, Parker, on everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. Just don't don't think I won't. I mean, I'll, I'll do that. You know, tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, come on. So yeah, I save all night me. watching them. I'll do it. I'll, yeah. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so all much, right. Paul. Thank Done. you so much. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was episode 11 of the You Didn't See That Coming podcast. We will see you all next Sunday for something new, I guess, that we need to think about. We'll find out. (laughs) All righty, we'll see you all next week. See you guys.